0: For the Dad On Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma and Nate LeBlanc.
1: Dad Bod Rap Pod, we are back another week. More time to nerd out about rap music. My name is Damone Carter, aka Dem One. I am joined today by Mr. David Ma. Dave. I'm always making gags about your shirts, which makes no sense for a podcast. <laughs> but what are we what are we rocking today? Oh, the Paris Review. Uh, yeah, it's a dude, little. That's uh, such a flex. Bro. It's a little
2: flex, dude. So <laughs> th- th- thank you for bringing that up. Um, the, I was sent this shirt by the Paris Review yeah. after I did my article on uh, Black Thought for them. So it's very nice of them to send that. It's very classy. And Dang. the joke is that this is what I got paid. This is how they (laughs) compensated me. So I asked him for an extra medium.
1: So there it is. Got your (laughs) your medium from, from the Paris review. Uh, Shout out Paris review. Also black thought AKA Tariq Trotter. Um, I was watching get on up the James Brown biopic over the weekend. And I always forget that he's part of the JB's in that movie. Oh, as as is Allo Black.
2: You haven't seen Get on up.
1: I have not. I haven't. Okay. You should you should okay uh, sh- okay all R- right RIP to the the legend chadwick boseman but yeah I, i'm always like oh shit that's that's black dot and that's all black so that's great um and with also craig robinson as maceo i, I love that movie and it's not great oh. and we'll get into that on dad bod rap movie pod whatever that <laughs> whatever that becomes but we are fortunate today to be joined uh by a special guest joining us in zoom we have king most on the line what's happening man
3: Air horns, air horns, air horns. All that <laughs> you know, if I could say I was actually going to wear my dad pod rat Pod shirt, but um Damn. I know the uh, shout out to my man, Vu Bang who got me the shirt. I just I haven't gotten to that part of the laundry yet. But, <laughs> okay. I, okay, I, fair enough. The hip hop podcast T-shirt of a section of my wardrobe. But uh, in, due time, in due time. Thank you. Man.
1: Now that's super limited edition, too. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. We only we only made like 20. 20 30 it oh. was some limited Ooh, run yeah it was whatever to be able to recoup you know
3: what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah so, exactly
1: well, I, the, the re-up run
3: yeah, yeah i'm going deep hop right now and throw that on there <laughs> there <laughs> it is <laughs> that's um
1: know. that's that's uh that's dope you got the shirt uh glad you're a fan of the program you have a project out right now a collaborative project which is great because we're this episode is all about dope collabs Okay. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the triangle and, and what it's all about.
3: Yeah, the triangle is a current project that is out everywhere MySpace, Zshare, Hulk, <laughs> <laughs> the ever, the ever, barely compensating, uh, you know, DSPs like Spotify, Seek. Yeah. So <laughs> dat Piff? We to yeah. get a Dat Piff in there? <laughs> yo, as I as I uh, train wreck my own, you know, opportunity to sell my product, There is a, a Mixtape site that Mick, formerly Mick Boogie, started. I think it was just called Mixtape.co. From like 2010 to 2012, that was my spot to download all the street tapes that are coming out. Are you guys familiar with this, this, this site I'm talking about?
2: Uh, not that site in particular, no. I, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've used it.
3: I, it's not up anymore, but yo. Like, right. I'm talking, I found Dom Kennedy, Rick Ross stuff, like oh shit. Um, Chip the Ripper, all that whole, okay. it was there okay. and it's okay. like was for the DJs, but yes uh, let, me, let me just get, answer your question in full damn, yeah, The Triangle is a project I'm, I, I, that is out right now it is my cell phone production, my homegirl Spinorita as a kind of near, a narrator and then uh, the man of the show, the star is my man Sadiq out of Houston, Texas and we came together, we did an EP and we called The Triangle, so yeah and no. it's
1: called the, the triangle because of uh, it's because that's the offense that y'all run when you play pickup or like, what's the what's the science?
3: There is actually you kind of got it. So Sadiq, um, he is an excellent basketball player. And, oh, yeah, yeah. He'll break ankles. He's yeah, he's kind of he's pretty dope. Uh, just like his brother, I believe. So what happened? I asked him like, hey, what's your favorite play to run? So I was just trying to like I was my way of slyly asking, "How could we? What should we title our EP?" And he said, "The Triangle." And since we had Spin as a narrator, and they worked previously in all the music, I was like, "Yo, let's just just go for that." And I think this was actually, I think at the peak of that, what's that Jordan documentary? The uh,
1: Last Dance.
3: Yeah, it was kind of like post about that. So the uh, the blast yeah. race was still happening in okay in culture. So I think it, it makes sense. So
1: yeah. Oh, that's that's dope. So in this, who do you see yourself as? Are you more Scotty Pippen? Are you, you Rodney? Are you just there for boards and like to be a goon? How do, how do you show up on this
3: project? Okay. Uh, definitely not the star. I think if we're talking Chicago, I've, I see myself the Steve Kerr type. Okay. Okay. You know, like steady, consistent, does his thing and you know hopefully respected as time as you know as history looks back that's that's kind of that's kind of how i want to operate in life in general like i don't want to be in the focus i just want to be respected and make a living doing what i like to do so yeah that's oh, dope man
2: and horace eventually just be a coach
3: yeah horace grant you're the best freaking like goggles of that era yeah 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 so i, I think it's either those two steve kerr or horace grant so yeah.
2: those are fucking awesome picks man they're it's- solid
3: <laughs> thank you very for... much
2: <laughs> you know um I wanted to sort of just dive into the project a little bit more I um just through our correspondence you mentioned um sort of having a creative spark when it comes to rap beats and like you know like uh, we're from the bay I'm familiar with your edits and a lot of your work and I feel like you know this is a little bit of a return to the uh to the rap um sort of production you know what 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 where did the creative spark come from? Like, what have you been listening to? Like, what sparked
3: it? Yeah, that is, that is something I actually think a lot about because uh, I want to say all those beats, the whole thing was made during the pandemic. Mm. And I say that because I want I to ask the whole, like, was your pandemic? You know, and I, <laughs> and I tell, you know, it's very, yeah, it's normalized. But I tell people I am or I made the best music of my life so far. You know, better, and that's and I don't know if that was my subconscious saying, "All right, Patrick, we're in the middle of pandemic, we're in the middle of you know white terrorism, we're in the middle of an election, you know, money." It was like anxiety turned into like creation, you know. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that is kind of where I was at. I just and I was you know playing more piano, pushing myself in terms of making edits. So I think it was all happening. And um, to make, you know, and and that's when I heard of Sadiq's uh, newer music. It came out at the time, I, I believe. And I was just like, yo, this is, this guy's dope. Like why? And again, I have so much beats sitting on my laptop that I was like, what's the point of hoarding this? And this?" Mm. And, and I was mm. like, I haven't done any hip hop in a while since, I think the last thing was with Jay Worthy from like two, three years ago. Mm. And I just reached out to him. He was mad cool. And the first song I did with him, it was just like, holy shit. Like this is i need to really pursue this and that's how we did the triangle
2: yeah so was there a point like i guess after the first track or something where you're like okay let's let's expand this a little bit rather than yeah. just like it being a one-off
3: yeah oh no i i don't think i i didn't have the intention i had the hopes of making just a bunch of songs with him mm-hmm. and i think um it was a little bit like the speed and the urgency and the amount of care he because he wanted to do it i think yeah. he both knows, working with rappers, it, it's could be a your spirit. <laughs> I, I
2: can barely work with Damone. I mean,
3: yeah, I know. I, I was about to say, no offense, Damone, but rappers are largely not the best people. For, no, no, what, no
1: argument here. Yeah, see I'm not protesting at all.
3: Yeah, and, and a variety of reasons, you know what I'm saying? But the fact that he was just cool as hell and he was fast and it was like, oh my God, like you bodied this beat. It was as good as I, I, I'd ima- as I think it could be. And then we just like would talk on the phone for like what I think one time we talked on the phone for two music two hours talk about rap music, just things we liked. And I was surprised at his knowledge and it wasn't just in hip hop and of his era. It was you know music like he I think he said Pro Jam is a big group for him. And I'm like this guy's in this interesting. Home. Like, yeah. I don't know this. He's also into like jungle and two step. Hep. I'm like what you know? Okay, so, yeah. There was it was and I think knowing all that kind of made me like yo we should make more songs and i was again making beats like crazy and and they were strong beats so yeah
1: yeah definitely um and i like the the kind of range on the project it's interesting you talked about the musical taste and i was wondering where that comes from there's there's a lot of references to to various styles of music um this episode we're doing today is all about the collab the team up when you know rapper and producer or rapper and rapper and producer mm-hmm. who are entities within their own right come together to make something dope you know the probably the Mount Rushmore of that would be something like Madlib but um can you talk a little bit about you know your process as a producer when you're going to work with a rapper are you tailoring stuff are you you mentioned your work with Jay Worthy are you are you tailoring stuff for the different rappers that you work with? Are you sending out batches of beats? Like what's your approach to kind of getting the collab
3: going? Yeah, I think the collab always starts with just, this is gonna sound kind of some hippie shit, but like just trust your inner voice, trust your mm. taste, trust mm. your fucking taste. Mm. Cause you just, I, I've been in opportunities many a time where you hear someone that's about to blow up or you just, or it doesn't blow up, but you just, yo, there's something about that. That person, mm. that woman, that group, whatever. And if I'm able to contact and get to work with them, great. So that's kind of the first start. Like, yo, there's something unique. And from there, I don't send batches of beats to people. I'm I I'm not at that point. I'm not like a Jake One where I have people coming to me nowhere near <laughs> most So I just kind of make music. And then if I have an access to this artist and I think and there's something special, then I kind of reach out and say, hey, what's up with this? But in all these collaborations, I've never been in the room with the person. It's always oh way. really? Okay. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. remote. Yeah, with Jay, he was in LA and, and Canada. Uh, Sadiq, this is, he's in Houston, this is also the pandemic. And I'm kind of curious to see what, if we if I'm ever going to do a collaborative project, it will be in person in, in the same city. But uh, that's the process, just trusting my ear, trusting my instinct. And just uh, with Sadiq, luckily, he's such a music guy. I send him a lot of things. Um, and he surprises what he, what, he, what he chooses to rock on and what he doesn't, like most mm. artists say. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like the fact that he'll keep me on my toes and 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 not I just don't like send him what I think he's gonna like, so yeah,
1: okay, okay, well, speaking you know, of being on your toes uh gonna to ask you a question here. um again, if we set aside Madlib as one of the or Mad villain as one of the best collabs uh-huh. ever, what are your favorite rap collab albums? like what are the ones where you're like you know inspir- inspired by push to make
3: stuff like that? J. Lib, okay, 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 that's kind of how it is. I, I, I taught, I just had a long discussion. With my man Bowles over, over the weekend, he sent me the Mad Lib demo tape of him rapping over all the Dilla batches from 2003. Oh, wow, yeah, I never how was that. I haven't dived into it, it's one of those things I need to sit down totally and get on my dad pod, you know, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, so uh. Yeah, I say J Lib because it's it's Dilla and it's Mad Lib together. It's like, I mean, mm. lack of a better term, it's like you know, seeing uh, I don't know, uh, if I'm lazy in comparison, like Coltrane and Miles Davis were. Yeah, they, with, yeah, exactly. Or Scorsese and De Niro, like right, the right notes together. And I will go on record. I think Dilla is an amazing rapper, and I feel as time has gone on, that's kind of what I um want. Let's say. I just, I just prefer, I know when he's on, when he's rapping, and that's why I want to listen to when he's, when he's been mm-hmm. on. Oh so, yeah. I would say J-Lib easily. Um, what are some other picks that people are talking about? I, I, you know, jog my memory. Cause some things I just see as albums and I think in collabo. Totally. Yeah. So,
1: so a lot of folks, uh, we asked this question on our, on our Twitter feed for question of the week uh, <laughs> a couple weeks back. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, so a lot of, a lot of people either, you know, took the question in different directions like some people said the cold vein which is like ah but that's kind of a group i'm thinking of like two separate entities that are coming together a lot of folks said black star
4: Mm -hmm. um okay which
1: which you know in terms of two rappers who are their own thing coming together okay definitely uh rates pretty high um some folks mentioned uh i'm looking at the one i just look at the list right now it, it so, was
3: in the uh, Cuban Links because it's Ghost featuring Raekwon or vice versa. You know what? I was expecting that, and I right. I
1: did not see too many Cuban Links mentions because I feel like when when I put out the Mad Lib kind of or Mad Villain cor- corollary, it, people went to producer rapper. Right. So right. some people right. said Pete Rock and Seal Smooth, which I go, that's I don't right. know, I don't look at that <laughs> as a collab, right? <laughs> like that's they're just, partners. So, that's peanut yeah. butter and jelly right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, and then some people would say, like, gang star.
3: Right. Yeah, tuna salad and bread is in the collab. It's an action. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. sandwich. Yeah. yeah Someone's a- even just eating, I <laughs> uh,
1: better tuna, tuna fish and uh, wheat bread or JLib. You've got to you've got to choose one. Yeah,
3: eat, you know, eat and and live or hear like two geniuses at work. Okay, Fuck, like, that's a tough yeah, one though. To, to be frank. <laughs> so um, say, yeah, Jalep for me. And I would say, I mean, also we were talking off off air about the whole mixtape thing. And I want to mm-hmm. say a lot of like the DJ drama, the Green Lantern. Right. Shows. Okay. But those are just yeah. I, I don't know where would you put that in the whole pantheon of collabs. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe, what was your pick for collabs?
2: man oh i'm sorry yeah you know i'm uh, off top i was thinking black star just because they were sort of like three separate entities but i was thinking like deltron you know what i mean a deltron or or doc oct or you know one of those where it's like definitely like this mc this producer and maybe like this dj and it's sort of like a triangle offense type thing you know okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. but i mean yeah yeah, i i uh, I love how Damone sort of keeps the question slightly ambiguous so that there's, <laughs> so there's some rough takes and, you know, a, a little bit of a combativeness there, but um, yeah, man, uh, that's great. That's and great.
3: If we could stay on the subject, what would be, what were the collabos that would appeal appeal or come from like uh, dudes and women and people that don't have like gray hairs in their, in their faces?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a great question. Um, it, when I, when I'm, when I'm looking back, not looking back when I'm, in my like younger person bag and trying to relate, I think the farthest I can go is like I like the Future Drake record.
3: Oh wow, <laughs> okay. yeah,
1: I like the Future Drake record. I realize that's probably kind of the high water. It's a like deep end of the pool for me, but um, I thought that was a good uh, example of two artists bringing their best selves to a project. I really liked. Um, not quite. This is more gray hair. But I like the Griselda album when they all came together yes, um, right. and, and I got the doses of, of Westside Gun and um, Conway and, and Benny that I wanted. Sure, sure. Um, I thought that was a, a really cool collab album, but it kind of seems like even that, if we're going talking about uh, newer music or music that younger people listen to, uh, is definitely more of a thing. Um, I feel like rappers of this generation, because they have to put out so much freaking content, um, are just like, yeah, let's let's do 25 uh, songs together. But I don't think it's always good. I do feel like the future and Drake link up was the the best. They brought their best selves to it. And it wasn't just a, a bunch of songs. But you're you're a young hip guy. Uh, well,
3: nah, you- <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just into the. I, I think I always say I'm just into like the zeitgeist, whatever that means, you know. So, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm into so, the
1: zeitgeist from, like, across the street. Like, oh, that's the zeitgeist. Look at that. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I can always engage with
2: it. I, I go,
3: and then I'm like, hey, dude, you're fucking smart about that shit. <laughs> it's, it's very exciting.
2: You know, um, um, Patrick, I want to sort of um, bring it full circle a little bit as we close out here. Um, you know, the, the new project, it's like 808s and kind of like mm-hmm. soul and 90s dance hall. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, you consider this some of your best production work. But... Just for just for cats who are unfamiliar with King Most and, you know, all the work that you've done, what do you consider your other, you know, mm. second project that you are really fond of through the years?
3: Um, I think, you know, I, okay, I think I have two reasons or two answers for that. I think this this being like a hip-hop podcast, I would really recommend people uh, check out West Side Party, which is an EP with Jay Worthy. Okay. Um, the song itself, it's, you know, the, the main song West Side Party was like a little bit of like an underground, like thing for people. And, but we did a whole EP that I think is, again, like some fun work. And it does kind of get Jay out of a different pocket. And mm-hmm. it gets me working with, you know, uh, it gets me in a different sound. But then if we're just talking like music in general and just, you know, DJ culture, DJ club music. I would recommend people to go to my SoundCloud and check out edits of like, yeah, I, I have no rules on, on who to remix or like who not to remix. Like it's trap, mm. it's Snow Allegra, it's Kaliuchi's, it's Cumbia from you know my country. So mm-hmm. if people are into that, they they can check that as well. So, um, but yeah, I kind of hope that I can have more releases and say like, you know what, I progress and I this is not just the, the end of the story. It's me being like a hip hop producer. So yeah. Right that's, on, dude,
4: right
3: on. That's mm-hmm. dope
1: well we want to thank you for coming on man we encourage everybody to go check out triangles uh the three city link up um king most man just thanks for coming on the program really appreciate it
3: and thank you for shouting out to deke and Spinarita and yo i I mean like i said i had the i had the the limited shirt ready to go (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: man i mean yeah i just want to say thanks again man i'm a fellow bay area homie and um (laughs) the door door's always open man anytime
3: Anytime you need a th- a, th- or a fourth person to nerd out about, you know, granular rap things, <laughs> you know, want to find me. I have a good mic, as you can tell. So, uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's flex, and, dude. You yeah, are flexing your mics. Yeah. And also, real quick, I love on the A.C. Loan Book of Human Language thing with Mumbles. You said something. A.C. Loan is he's not philosophizing. He's, he's something about he's rapping about philosophy. Or was oh, right.
2: Like, it was Um, he's yeah. not using the word. Philosophy. He's philosophizing. He, oh. He's not saying, you know. Yeah, I forgot exactly what it was, but yeah. yeah, I I hate it when like rappers just say, you know, how deep they are rather than being deep. being deep. You know what yeah. I mean? Like,
3: and as a byproduct of the Project Blowed uh, Anaconda universe, yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and, and the subsidiary bench warmer kind of league <laughs> constellations, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. outer oh, out rim. <laughs> yeah, you guys are laughing because. We, we, the- we- <laughs>
1: because we know, um, <laughs> hey, yeah, man. Just, just thanks so much for coming on. We gotta, we gotta do it again.
3: All right, for sure. Thank you, gentlemen.
1: Dad bod rap pod. We have dope interviews every week, and this week we are fortunate enough to interview somebody who it was rumored sampled us. <laughs> that was a cool rumor for like 15 minutes. I, I will
2: take a cool rumor 100% any day, I'll take a cool rumor until reality sets in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. So we were, <laughs> we were
1: riding high, people thought that uh, Dad bod rap pod was sampled on the new. Uh, Czarface record um, and so you can listen in this upcoming interview with Boston native Esoteric he will break down uh, who he actually did sample as well as some of the science behind Czarface and uh, you know just a general dad bod bro down so here it is our interview with Esoteric dad bod rap pod every week we have interviews with people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture this week is no different joining us in zoom we have boston bread rapper you might know him from his collaborations with 7l and the group czar esoteric what's happening man hey man how's it going uh doing all right glad to have you on the program thank yeah. you so much we've been on kind of a a little bit of a of a you know a a survey of Boston rappers we had we had Ed O.G. on not too long ago oh Uh, yeah and he he definitely name checked you um you got the project uh Czarface which is with the the newest record is is out right now um there is a skit on there that features some podcast type banter Uh, which several of our fans thought was us my question for you is why wasn't it us (laughs) Um, no uh who 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 was that what how how did that come about i don't know if we've ever heard a podcast based kind of like skit on a record yet so weird first question but i'm asking it anyway kind of how did that come about and uh who was the podcast banter that you sampled
0: there was actually um, several, but the, the, the I, I guess you could say the anchor one was uh, Two Bears 1K, which is Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer's podcast. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a situation where um, they were talking about our record and, and Bert kept mispronouncing our name. And <laughs> there was several times where he was calling us Caesar Face or Cesar Face, <laughs> and, you know the word "Czar" is is tricky enough for a lot of people, but he had a real tough time getting his, his uh, wording around it. So we figured we'd turn a negative to a positive and kind of make a joke out of it. And then we decided to just kind of mine the YouTube archives for people that have reviewed our records or, um, and and I intently looked for people that were maybe mispronouncing the name and try to, you know, just try to make some type of a joke about it, you know? Um, that's dope, but it should have yeah, it should have been you guys. And I think, we'll, <laughs> you know, if this goes to YouTube, we're gonna circle back and yep. and sample you as long as long as as long as you're saying something negative, and then we can uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we can uh, take it from there, and you can sue us.
2: <laughs> That's great, dude. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yo, uh, so before we get into ZARFACE, of course, um, I wanted to bring up a past project of yours, which was the Pterodactyl Tube way. Um, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm such a Gary Newman fan, and I've never heard a project like that before. I'm fascinated with his work. I actually was lucky enough to interview him and I'm working on a piece, but um, can you talk a little bit about Gary Newman putting that project together and just way Army and letting just let people know about that project?
0: Uh, yeah, well, that was a, um, a giveaway mixtape type of a record that I, I did um, 100% by myself in terms of the production but you know it's using a lot of Gary Newman's work Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why it was free and um so I mean when you're relying on on his catalog of music to create things you're you know producing it is not as uh tricky as you know creating something from scratch so I mean I I just had a lot of fun digging into the catalog and I I knew that, that that was going to be a free a freebie for people and it was definitely going in a direction tempo wise that that people weren't really prepared for the typical 7L esoteric stuff that we were doing mm-hmm. prior to that so we had a you know we were going with the 7L esoteric stuff heavy probably till about 2004 2005 and then we got a little bit of uh I'd say bored of of that tempo and sound and direction and kind of rebuked it all and when we were making our, I don't know, it might've been our fourth or fifth album called the new dope. um, I was starting to produce more. And a lot of the things I was sampling, I was having trouble, um, you know, bringing it down to a mid, you know, mid nineties tempo or something. so I started adapting to what I could do with the records I was finding and and trying to rhyme at, you know, 140 BPM. And um, that led to playing around with a lot of post-punk stuff and, records like well you know replicas and the two-way army stuff i just it kind of uh it was really it was a fun to make man it was no rules and i felt like mm-hmm. you know we spent a lot of our career um stuck in to a playbook and you know we we prided ourselves on uh sticking to the playbook and then we got kind of tired of it and that was one of my outs, I guess, because when you take that record and compare it to some of our older stuff, it's I think it's a, a very sharp contrast.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of ties into something that I wanted to talk you to you about. We're you know aging backpackers, and we were very familiar with Seven L and Esoteric. And um, yeah. I was wondering, and you kind of touched on it already, but maybe we can move it forward into the Zarface stuff. I, I was wondering what you learned from being a 7L and esoteric that you then took into your next big project, which was our face, like what uh, maybe lessons, maybe things not to do, like you kind of hinted at, you were you were getting bored of the that uh, that beat structure. Can you talk about that a little bit more?
0: Yeah, I think it's just pretty much adapting. Well, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. I Well, a lot of people ask when another 7L esoteric record is coming out. And like our fan, our, our core fans ask that. And I say to them that Zarface um is really, a, these, these are seven L esoteric records with a, with a legendary MC on it and inspect the deck. You know what I mean? So they're just better seven L esoteric records. Cause it's got me and, and deck and it would, you know, in my opinion, you can't go wrong when you're rhyming with deck and it forces you to be better and, and, and sharpen your swords. And I've, I've learned a lot from him in terms of rhyming. And, um, but I just think that it's just a growth and a, probably a, a less rigid format and, and having a little bit more fun with it and not feeling as though we had, have as much to prove. Cause I feel like we've been in it so long. I've, you know, I've been rhyming for forever. And um, now we're at a stage where I'm more focused on, you know, my kids welfare and, and, and you know, my son's 12, my daughter's six. And I, I really, I like to uh, engage them into the music and Zarface is a platform for me to do that. And I can sample Mm. them and and put their voices on the records. And that gives it probably a more of a a charm or a fun feeling versus trying to scare the shit out of everybody with the beats, (laughs) which is what we were doing with uh, 7-0 esoteric stuff. So uh, that's kind of, you know, where Zarface kind of grew into its own entity.
1: Hmm. that's great and um i think that's a great mission statement scare the shit out of everyone with the beats <laughs> I'm, I'm always there for that um well, can you <laughs> uh can you talk about uh the influence of uh of comics and that culture you literally folks cannot see this but you literally have a comic book rack um oh, yeah. behind you uh right now yeah. and definitely zarface the project has that that aesthetic and I'm just wondering kind of how uh you know how deep in the game you are obviously pretty deep by the the yeah. noticing the rack but how does <laughs> how does that uh influence the the direction of the project and is it just the aesthetic or is it also kind of how the uh, Zarface project is constructed
0: um I think they, I was writing comic books before I actually started rhyming so when I was a kid One of my things, one of my ways to express myself was, you know, drawing and and writing comics and creating my own comics. And I feel like they helped, you know, build my imagination and my vocabulary for certain. You know, if you learn about telekinesis and stuff from the X Men and so forth before I learned about it in school. Um, So I feel that comics is a really solid meeting ground for me and Deck. So if we're going to make records together, With Deck coming from Park Hill Projects, me coming from out here in Mass, you know, we have certain things. I know there's no rules these days and anyone can rhyme about anything without any repercussions. And it's just a free for all. But with when we're making records together, I feel like coming into the bringing the pop culture stuff together because Deck was a comic head for a long time with meth. And he used to steal co- comics from Method Man. That's where he always goes back to the story. He would steal Ghost Rider comics from for Method Man back in the day. And, you know, um, so we have some common ground there. And we can touch on wrestling and we can touch on movies. And um, it's just a, a good area for him and I to really, you know, combine. You know, he, he's... One of his most popular lines is swinging through the town like the neighborhood Spider-Man and, you know, all those things when I was just aspiring to be... I I thought making records was something that was so far-fetched and it's just something, uh, a work of magic. Like, there was no way that I could ever make a record that I could hear on the radio. And Deck was already doing that and touching on superhero references and things like that. And that always, you know, sparked something in my mind. and, And, you know, here we are. There's so many... 45 decades later or whatever it feels like making records together
2: you know dope man thank you for that um you know speaking of comic book characters and one of the most real life uh, superheroes ever to us is mf doom so uh we would be remiss not to bring him up um could you let us know especially given your history with the two albums um just let us know a little bit about your feelings on doom what working with him was like and you know, just just your reflections on the great MF Doom.
0: Sure. Um, I do want to say that you called him a superhero when he, you know, he is a super villain. Right. So I'm right. gonna make that <laughs> a little correction, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh no, I'm kidding. Of course he's a he's a hero to all of us for sure. Um and he has been to me uh since KMD days, of course. And because I think um, you know, the first time I heard him was on the gas base and the way he put words together then it just kind of put me in a different frame of mind compared to a lot of the stuff that I was listening to back then. And, you know, years passed and, you know, the black bastards project got sacked for a while and then he emerged as MF doom. And wow, did that blow my mind. You know, at the beginning he wasn't wearing the mask. He was still MF doom. He was just wearing a stocking over his face for, for, for his performances, but then the mask came out and I just watched that grow through the years. And we did, you know, shows together here and there. And, um, I was always blown away. I think his, his imagery and mystique and privacy, all of that is a a great source of power for him. And as talented as he is with the words and the delivery, this effortless delivery, uh, the imagery is is like a, a bat signal for fans that appreciate this, this kind of hip hop that he pioneered in the mid '90s—this charming, raw, unfiltered, um, lawless hip hop—that it's you know really, really inspired a lot of kids and, and really let us know that we could make our records too because he was doing it on an independent level. He transcended the the major label stuff on Electro with KMD, and then all of a sudden he reinvented himself as MF Doom on this somewhat tangible level. I would never be on Doom's level, of course, but it's it's a, this, this, you know, he's standing three feet away from me and we're about to rock the same stage together. And this is somebody that I had on my wall, uh, you know, maybe five years earlier. So it was kind of a surreal experience at that point, seeing how a major label artist, which, as you said, we all view as a superhero, can be someone that can also speak on uh an independent level and but i don't know he still has this had this stature that was elevated and you know Mm -hmm. an untouchable he's immortal at this point you know as you know um it's just uh it's hard to put into words and when this record uh was done you know it was done before he had passed and manufactured before he passed or else you know we might have done a few things differently we're really Mm -hmm. happy with how it came out this last record but the last, re- the last song in the album is, is just me and Deck. And uh, if it was truly a posthumous thing, it would never, we, we never would have ended the album that way Doom gets the last word. And yeah. um, I don't know if I would have actually had the, the stomach or the heart to, to confident to finish the record if, if we didn't actually have it done prior. You know? Word
5: appreciate that thank Thanks. you I'm sure it's uh, it's not <laughs> yeah. easy um, I was wondering if you could clear something up for me I've never quite understood about the Zarface enterprise um, my understanding of it and please correct me if I'm wrong is that you Deck and 7L are are Zarface, like all the, it's the three of you combined that's the character so like when you and Deck are speaking on the record are, is that when Zarface is talking do you get what I'm saying I get, yeah. I
0: I think you might be taking it a little too literally, you know, because I do that all the
5: time. This is why I'm
0: asking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And welcome Um, to Nate LeBlanc. Yes. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. Sometimes Zarface sounds like he's from New York. Sometimes he sounds like he's from Boston. Um, No, it's, if you look at like Iron Maiden, is is it Eddie singing those songs or is he just the figurehead, you know? And I feel like Mm
3: -hmm. Zarface,
0: he just represents, the music but it's a, just a, a visual thing for us deck will always be deck and i'll always be myself but some people listen to the record it's one of those situations where um you know you look at uh somebody will reference billy Holiday and say like oh he's a great singer And you're like wait a because people will think that you know i'm just zarface or deck is or i love zarface he's great and it's like <laughs> well, wait a second it's it's three guys you know um and that's fine because I really think that we've experienced some success because we're able to somehow um, reach a more casual listener than um, someone that might be interested in interviewing us, like you perhaps, in a way. You know, just to find out some of the more um, the inner workings of the group. But if, if someone just thinks Czarface is one person, that, that works for us too. I just hope they think it's Deck.
1: thanks for clarifying and also identifying with nate's uh literal nature i I appreciate that um so starface is is an album and you also did your series with with ghostface um, that's really collaborative and i'm wondering if you could touch on what goes into making a good collaborative project when you're bringing together different MCs. Um, producing for them like as sort of one of the masterminds of this do you have a particular approach to putting together the collab album that's maybe different from when it's it's you and, and 7L
0: um well I think finding the right mood sometimes we will record several different songs and we already know that what we're recording to will not be the finished production. You know, um, because with the Ghostface project, say Ghost rhymed on one thing and I rhymed on a different thing, but it was the same tempo and the the, the thing that we used, we couldn't clear the sample for that Ghost used. We'd have to find a way to make it work. A lot of it, a lot of it lies in the production, I think. Mm. Because when you listen to some of the best posse cuts of all time. A lot of people are going in, in different directions. A lot of you know, some some guys are talking about chopping your head off. Some guys are talking about getting laid. Some guys are talking about cutting grass. Whatever the hell it is. But if you have some type of sonic thing that links them all together, uh, it can be pretty re- rewarding. But if you, I don't, I, I I don't know. Not to backtrack, but that might not even really. Be it either, because mm. there are records like "Who's the Man" from Gangstar or "Speaker Clout." It's three different beats, three different MCs, and like it's like three snippet tapes put together. And I mm-hmm. probably I know those lyrics backwards and forwards. Those were incredible songs, and I don't think j Roo sat there and said, "Well, Little Dap said this, so I'm going to say that." I think they just brought their brought their their A game to the beat and um, kind of let the, the the listeners decide what you know i think any records you take out you know you really listen to and analyze um you can find a lot of inconsistencies between what this guy said and that guy said on the same song because people are just out to talk shit and you know go for theirs and you know that's a great thing to do well my favorite thing to do is just just to rhyme for the sake of rhyming and say something clever or some dad jokes punchlines whatever um so I think there's a art and wordplay that only a particular group of hip hop fans can gravitate towards and appreciate. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's got me thinking about it now, you know. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: <laughs> you said production, which I think is is a is a really interesting point. And do you approach the production different? Because obviously you you made a bunch of records with Seven L, so you you guys have a particular idea and you set a playbook. But when you're reaching out to a ghost or a deck or or doom, are do you go into it production wise with kind of a different perspective? Because maybe you know that's not just the bro that you're gonna work through it with.
0: Yeah, um, kind of. Um, I always had this theory that, and I don't know if it's, it's if, if it proved to be true, but when 7 and I talk about the production and, and recording with some of the guys that we grew up listening to, I'm always for an up-tempo um, type of a record. I think it brings out a, a great performances from a lot of people. Um, and I think that's rooted in the first record I did with Cool Keith called Daisy Cutter. And it was like a beat I did. It was like 112 beats per minute. And Keith just went berserk on it. I, I couldn't be, I couldn't have been more happy. So I, and we did um, Savagely Attack, which was one of the first Zarface songs that we did in 2011 or 12. And Ghostface was on it. And and it was just this vintage ghost verse. And that, that beat was like 100 BPM. So I had this theory for a long time that if you, you really pitch someone with a, you know, the people that I grew up listening to. I don't I don't rap with anyone uh, younger than me. I don't like rappers <laughs> any younger than me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a bumper sticker, okay. man.
0: I'm, 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 I'm jealous of any rapper younger than me. So, um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, um, the, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can give you a solid answer on that, on that one. I mean, we can retool the question and I can try again. Can... guess <laughs> No, that was,
1: that was great. Thank you for, uh, for giving us a little, uh, peek behind your, your process there. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to sort of jump around a little bit. I was talking to a buddy of mine who saw the um, Rebel Alliance LP going for five hundred bucks. Um, so word up to that. Uh, shout out to my my boy Mark. But um, was that the first case, was that the first time you worked with uh, Inspector Deck? Isn't he in, um, in that
0: or something? He he's not. But um, he, the first time I worked with him was on Speaking Real Words, which was a twelve inch we did um, in ninety eight or 99, it came out following the Rebel Alliance LP. So the Rebel Alliance LP was, was a compilation of Boston artists put together on Brick Records that we kind of curated. And um, that was our probably our first or second time on vinyl, which was still like, holy shit, we're on vinyl. This is crazy because breaking through that wall, I always have this, not theory, but this idea that hip hop from 85 to about 96, 97, It's just this magic, magic period for me. And then when I started getting into the industry and making my own records and so forth, it kind of uh, dampened things for me in a way because I just broke through this wall. And now I felt like I was in, you know, very, very on a very low level in the industry. But I started to see everything and I started analyzing and critiquing things a lot more and being less of a fan. So. Mm -hmm. You know, in the early late eighties and early nineties, I loved everything. I wasn't in a position, I wasn't listening to songs saying, Oh, who, who, uh, you know, who ate who, or like, like Bust the Crushed Everyone on the Scenario. I was just listening to the whole song and saying, Wow, I love what Fife said. I love what Dinko D said, these little lyrics here and there. I, I listened to Big L and Lord Finesse. I wasn't like Big L got him. I was like, This is just a dope record. Mm-hmm. But after that, when I started making my own records, it was like, wow, I, I started listening to things differently and it made it less enjoyable. Um, so my I feel like this, this capsule of about a decade when I, I feel like hip hop was, was about 40 or 50 years in that one decade uh, to me in terms of growth. Because a record you'd hear in 1987 could be so much different than 93 to me. Uh, to somebody that's maybe 15 or, or 18, they might just hear like a... Uh, James Brown breakbeat on every one of those songs and say these all sound exactly the same the way yeah. I would think um, you know whatever is playing on the radio sounds exactly the same now so you try to put yourself in that perspective you don't want to be the old guy but that's just um, where we were or where I was at that point yeah. now the Rebel Alliance came uh, out in 90, 96 then we went to Speak of Real Words which was our first record with Deck which is what you were asking me, Um, (laughs) and that was the 12-inch, and when we linked up with him, our manager at that time was an intern at Loud, and he asked us, um, you know, would you want to get Deck on a record, and and we just thought that was out of the question, are you serious, he had just come off doing that, um, that true master record with Pete Rock, live from the bricks one six it was just the craziest record ever at that point and i was like I, I don't know i don't think he'd ever do a record with us and then uh next thing you know i'm in brooklyn and deck comes in the studio and, and uh it was just surreal surreal when if you want to i could talk about his rhyming process for forever um it's just a, a really he is what uh, mcs should aspire aspire to be i mean he's just a machine he can sit down and write a rhyme eat a pizza and write a rhyme in five minutes and go and take it, it you know spit the whole verse in one take it just blows my mind um wow so yeah yeah so that speaking real words was the first 12 inch and that kind of kept was the seed uh the czarface's first appearance to put it in comic book terms but like a decade later or however long it was maybe probably longer than that uh yeah at least before we started working on uh the czarface stuff
2: Okay, word. Yeah, you answered my question. I didn't even exactly ask that. So that's perfect, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, man. I had a, <laughs> no, oh, no, I had that's a... not what I meant. You're man.
5: good. You're good. Yeah, You're yeah, good. No. Um, it, that leads me into something that I kind of wanted to ask you. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me as an outside person, just as like a fan in this case, this is Zarface and doing like comic book imagery, working with Deck, uh, doing videos. Uh, I was looking a little bit earlier. There's toys of czar face stuff like that it seems to like really align with your personal interests like this is this is something that like comes from your imagination in many ways and so i was just wondering like is that rewarding like is seeing the 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 figures in the plastic bubble and like the comics and all the stuff and the posters and all that stuff like like is it what you wanted (laughs) Yeah, yeah it's actually uh more than I ever dreamed that
0: I would be able to uh, bring into our, uh, my life through, through hip hop. You know, I thought going to, you know, traveling, touring, seeing other cities and getting paid to do that was the greatest blessing. And it still is the greatest blessing of all time to be able to do that by rhyming and this thing that I grew up uh, loving and um, to grow it into something that uh, encapsulates like my first love of comics before, you know, before I heard Suck MCs, you know, 83, 84, that's when I was deep into the comic thing, uh, probably my deepest, and then hip hop kind of took over. Um, so to be able to, to marry those two things and action figures and have my own, this own action figure that uh, I can show my son and, and you know, he can mm-hmm. relate to and, and and be part of the records and things that yes, yes it's a huge huge uh blessing you could say to be able to put those two things together and uh not that they're family friendly records or anything like that but just (laughs) that 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 aspect of the, the the superhero brings the kids in and you know his buddies like wear our merch at school and they think it's cool. You know, they think it's like a superhero. live's real superhero. And like, Hey, you right. guy, is you he ever going to be in a Marvel movie and things <laughs> like, you know, uh, and that makes, it's a whole other element because when you've been doing this music, as, as long as, as I have and listening, and, uh, I know we might all be around the same. You guys all look much younger than I am, but, um, <laughs> you're being kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts to, uh, Sometimes it can get, get stale and uh, yeah. writing the comics uh, to go with the records um, and actually working with Marvel on, on a few things is something I'd never fathom could ever happen, it's especially following, uh, pursuing rock and mics, you know, and we're able to do it somehow, which is great.
1: Yeah, it really is. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. So we're. We're getting towards the end here, but I have to put you on the spot. This is a, a new question I'm asking of rappers from different cities. Okay. For Boston. Who are the four rappers you would put on the Boston Mount Rushmore? Uh
0: Boston Mount Rushmore. Um, okay. Uh let's see. Ed O G.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Guru. Mm-hmm. Uh John P from Top Choice Click. Okay. And um trying to find a way to take myself off the Mount (laughs) (laughs) brush. You can put yourself. Uh, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. That would be the most MC MC. Exactly. (laughs) That's a rapper (laughs) shit. Right, right. I know. I know. Um you know, this guy gets a bad rap these days because he put himself in a different element, but uh Ray Dog from RSO is okay. was a huge and who's now Benzino, as you guys right. know, um was you know huge and pioneering Boston hip hop. And okay. we were all deathly afraid of him back in the day, and deathly afraid of RSO. They had so many running run-ins with the cops and all this shit and, and yeah, the music you know, the music spoke for itself, but they had this rep reputation that just loomed over the whole city. Um, when we were all really getting our feet wet, um, even going to shows to see, you know, BDP or red man, okay. So all these shows that they'd open up for them. And it was always like, they come out and all the Bruins shit. And it was, you know, in the, the Adidas, I'd have to put him there, man, for me.
1: Okay. Um, okay.
0: And you know, this, this was a, you know, you pop that question on me quick. So um, <laughs> once we, once, once we hang up, I'm going to think of somebody else and I'm going to be mad,
1: but yeah, it, it's no worries. We don't record this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm
5: kidding. Uh, <laughs> a pretty no, deep pull with I the think... top choice click though. You went, you went yeah. pretty deep on that one.
0: Well, you know, I got to go with my influences, you know? So be, yeah. he's, all these guys really influenced me to rhyme and, and, um, who I kind of look to as I, as, as I told you, I don't really fuck with rap younger than me. So yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm kidding again. I, I want to make that clear. There are a lot of, exactly. clics, but I, I feel like it's, um it's uh the Mount Rushmore should be reserved for, you know, the elder statesman. Like That's my true. real, my Mount Rushmore of like actual, you know, probably nationwide would be Chuck D. KRS. Um uh iced tea and, and uh rock him or g rap or something like that. You know, that's a fun yeah. game to play. I feel like that, that the most, Mount Rushmore thing only came about over the past few years and it's been yeah. this thing where it's like the Mount Rushmore, this and that, Mount Rushmore, the Wendy's Dollar menu and
5: you're <laughs> <face to laughs> your bacon cheeseburger all day. Yeah. Uh, baked <laughs> potatoes son. tripping.
1: Right. Uh I, I really appreciate you doing that. And and quick too. Uh, we asked Def C this question. It was very political. Like, yeah, he had to
5: negotiate several eras of gangs and sides of right. town and stuff like yeah. that. But I think you should have peace of mind with your choices. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
5: <laughs> 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 Nate LeBlanc, ladies and gentlemen. Well, well done. done.
0: Hey, well done. I like that. <laughs> yes, sir.
1: So, uh, so Esoteric, we really appreciate you coming on, man. We want to encourage everybody to get the new a uh, zarface record that we are not on but it kind of feels like we're on and 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 I'll I'll you know what I'll stand down for Tom Segura's podcast. I'll say that. That's that's legit. If you were like it's like Bobo from around the block is going to secretly be mad
0: But uh yeah Listen, man. I- one of my favorite things to do is to sample people's voices and trigger them and put them in songs so maybe we can work something out We we'll do something in the future,
2: you know? Oh, yes. Be
1: man, we, we, would, we would be honored, man. We just want to thank you so much for coming on the program. Dad Bod Rap Pod, that was our conversation with Esoteric. We want to thank him for coming on. Um, super cool, cat, no?
2: Yeah, man, it was really good to get some insight from him. I mean, you can tell his love of just art and, you know, from the comic book stuff to his collaborative work with other known rappers, you know, just the way he talks about it. I mean, Esoteric's yeah. been around for a while. So, I mean, so to hear sort of dudes who are in the game, you know, geek, you know, get geeked off of MF Doom in the same way we do, um, I know. you know, it's it, it's Sounds just so good. great. Yeah, it's just yeah. so great, man. It's It was very warm. And um, yeah, it, it was a great talk. And it's good to get some uh, behind the scenes sort of um, stuff regarding their projects, too. And it was great to hear about just how ridiculously natural Inspected Deck is and things like uh, that. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. great. Um, how did he strike you, man?
1: Yeah, it's super cool, cat. want to thank him for coming on. And, you know, definitely bring in the dad energy, which we respect, (laughs) which we respect on this program. And he talked a little bit in the interview about his approach to collaborations. Mm. And so this episode is kind of dedicated to the collabo, as it is called. Yep. And we asked our Twitter timeline, um, besides Mad Villain, which you know, is definitely one of the, the best uh, collabs of all time. What are the, the best collab albums? And, and it was interesting to hear uh, Esoteric kind of give his, you know, mechanics and approach to how he goes about a collaboration. But uh, let's see what the Twitter followers have to say. Always can hit us up at Pod on Twitter. Question of the week, best collab album, not named mad villain um some folks took it in a different direction dave we had a, a couple <laughs> folks mentioned uh like cannibal ox or right the vein right. or like moment of truth because that's like a uh gang you know a gangster collab right right Guru. I mean,
2: be, you know, be, before we, you know, uh, dive into the responses, can you sort of just clarify sort of what you meant by the collab? Because I feel like some of the yeah. answers were like kind of off base, but also maybe a, a product of your genius uh, Twitter drops, you know, so.
1: Uh, there's there's definitely some ambiguity there. Right, um, right. I, I, but I tend to think of a collab like this two artists who have their own name and reputation and multiple releases in their own right coming together to do something so the freddie gibbs mad lib is is a great example of that right they were both artists in their own right coming together to do a project and so that's what i'm thinking of i mean a lot of people went there but some people went just to like really good groups which is right right also cool P Rock also- and CL
2: Smooth are one unit. You know what yes, I mean. So yes. I, if it was P Rock and Seal Smooth meets Kubert, that would be a collab. You know, I think and that Q- and that would be weird. That would, would be <laughs> <laughs> have
1: been very interesting. Yeah, but um, you know what I mean. I yeah, think I yeah.
2: think that I, they need to have been established entities beforehand.
1: Right? Exactly. It's sort of exactly. what we're
2: going for. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that that's kind of what I was going for. Some really cool responses. Shout out to everybody that interacted on our timeline, 111 retweets for uh, our humble podcast is, is a big deal. So thank you for the engagement. Uh, let's start with DMarty77, which is Dan Martin. Um, he kind of went both ways. He went The Cold Vein, Deltron okay. 3030, okay. Dr. On- Dr. Octogonecologist, which I can <laughs> never say, and Fun Crusher Plus. So like... Okay. Two collabs, two really cool group albums. Definitely not wrong. Um, Gary Malt, at Gary Malt, uh, a.k.a. God Level, says J-Lib Champion Sound. So he's on the he's on key. Okay, okay, yeah. And then Foreign Exchange Connected, which I'm not the hugest Foreign Exchange fan, but um, if you like your Boombap and your R&B together, that is a very good collab. Like that is a definition of a of a of a collab of two artists uh, coming together. You don't strike me as much of a foreign exchange guy.
2: <laughs> I I'm just glad that when you set that up, you weren't going to say Jay Z and R Kelly. No.
1: <laughs> the worst of both worlds. The, the worst of both worlds. No, yeah, I feel totally. like I feel like oh that's so dope. That is actually the worst collab album. Of the worst all of all time. time. Yes, yes. Time. I'm glad we. <laughs> That we Thanks can establish, we can establish that off top. Um, <laughs> horrible, horrible. Oh. But I'll I'll say this, Dave. Based on our conversation with King Most, I am not the biggest JLib fan, and I and I feel like considering who's involved we collectively kind of sleep on that album a little bit. No, would I, you agree I, with that? I, I 100% agree. And, you know, I, it's
2: it's almost sacrilege to say anything that's sort of like anti dilla but I got to say, I was never into him as a rapper. However, as the years have gone by, um, I've heard cats like King Most, you know, sort of testify to his brilliance and a sort of presence and a sort of, you know, um, that his rapping ability was overshadowed or, I'm sorry. His rapping ability was overshadowed by his production prowess. Promise. So, it's yeah. um, it, it's something that 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 gives me hope. You know, I'm gonna put on the J. Lib album and check it out. Yeah, gonna, now gonna... now I
1: want to check it out again. Right, like, right. Okay, am I not? Now I will say this: I'm I'm also a proponent of Dilla as a rapper. Um, okay, okay. Dilla it has, um, to me, he's like the greatest drummer. Ever he sure. has his timing is always impeccable even if the subject matter or the the wordplay isn't the you know it's definitely not flibbity ribbity by any means but his his timing was was really impeccable and especially on uh, Fantastic Volume Two right he has a couple of um, really iconic verses but uh, J Lib I do sleep on it and it's one of those where I go I'm not sure why I'm doing that but I will go back and check it out again right I mean because. I have to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, if
2: anything, um, this show has taught me is that our, you know, my opinions and my past critiques are not crystallized, you know, like no. I love throwing some shit on and being moved by it, even though I dismissed it fucking 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, this will be my chance, sort of our chance to revisit J-Lib. Uh, so shout out to King most for joining us earlier, you know, yeah. and, get, and dropping a little bit in, of insight on his new album, uh, The Triangle. Uh, with Spinarita and Sadiq, but um, yeah, man. Besides that, it, I, it it makes me want to revisit. So I'm happy for a chance to revisit.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so that that one came up a little bit, not crazy, which is why I say I think we collectively support right. J Lib for reasons I'm not quite certain of. Uh, Josh C at KNWTMRW uh says, if most Deaf and Quali are Black Star counts, it's a no brainer otherwise blackout which is uh, random mm, math, uh right for sure so those are two like classical examples of the collab album maybe in the old style like right, right where you bring two rappers that were relevant um i think black star is really high up there no it, it's gotta of- be
2: yeah it's one of those off top i mean you yeah. know um, obviously most and um uh, uh, yeah just off top that that i think that might be on the mount rushmore of collapse. It it, it it might you know? be
1: given given how uh fully they executed that vision and how we're still when did that record come out is that 99
2: i it might be yeah yeah
1: yeah we're still salivating about the idea of a follow-up Right, we're, we're, in, we're in 2021.
2: Right, how 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 insane is that? I mean, it's not yeah. like people in 1980 were salivating for the latest fucking Beatles album or something like right, something right, 20 right. years removed. You know, right. I can pro- there's probably a better uh, example that I should have pulled, but you know what I mean? It's like yeah, totally. So so the fact that we are still so geeked off the prospect of a Blackstar too, I think just speaks to its uh, you know how powerful it was.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, not quite the same appetite for blackout, but Josh Gondelman, right? Shout um, out. A uh, friend of the program. I'm. I'm not sure if he considers us his friend, but I, I will say that. <laughs> or um, us.
2: Or us being a program, but yeah. You know, or that even we're a program
1: in his eyes. <laughs> but he came on and and he. Uh, when he came on the program, he was uh, definitely a proponent for blackout. And I remember again being like, "Oh yeah, blackout. Let me listen to that." Um. So, and, and it's pretty good. Here's another rapper link up though that I want to run by you, and this is from at, Indy Kev. I. N-D-I-K-E-V, Watch the Throne, LOL.
2: Oh, you know what? I, uh, I, I, I'm I going to be an apologist for this one. I like that album. Do you like I, Watch the Throne? I do. I did and I do. Um, And, uh-huh. you know, it came out sort of at the height of the, the Jay-Z, uh, Yeezy thing. And, um, you know, going back, I love a lot of the beats. I, yeah. I, I like the fucking content. Um, some of the stuff's repetitive, but I think, you know, it's just one of those where you have two of the biggest guys getting together and yeah. expectations will never match. will not, ne- you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, also it's kind of hard looking back and sort of, um, you know, um, saying anything good about some, some um, Yeezy shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, uh, I think the LOL, cause the, the tweet is great cause it's watch the throne comma LOL. Like, right, yeah, right. but also this is, this is a, it's kind of, there's some a weirdness to it in retrospect. Um, I, too, I too, I'm too, a fan Um, in that way that I was a fan of the LeBron and D Wade Miami okay. Heat teams, okay. where it's like, that wasn't the best constructed team ever, but I liked those guys individually. And it mm-hmm. was cool to kind of see them like what they could do together and like figuring it out um so i i definitely uh you know it's up to me it's it's like a a big budget version of blackout
2: oh that's a really good
1: way putting it yeah i mean yeah it's a big it's a it's a summer
2: blockbuster movie exactly exactly it's like
1: uh fucking tom hanks and is (laughs) jay-z what did i just say tom hanks
2: Wait, and where Jay-Z, am i going with this jay-z is tom hanks then who's tom hanks buddy are we, are we talking turner and hooch right now like
1: yeah i was that's <laughs> what my mind went to who was in turner and hooch and i couldn't do it uh shout out to nate not on the program today, but he would, know this. he would have slid in with a
2: quick reference on that one yeah
1: yeah this is this is why we're we're a three-man week um all right let's see uh here's one from from the homie uh at mark arroyo uh what's going on mark the A team who framed the A team. Oh, okay. Abstract Rude and AC Alone. In um, who else was that? Fat, it was them and Fat Jack, no?
2: Oh, was it? Okay, dude. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's been a minute for that. It's been album. a minute since I
1: listened to it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, I even thinking back at that point, I was kind of dismissive of that collaboration. And I think I remember just being like, yeah, it's aight. But you
1: know, uh, that, um, that was a. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Coup d'etat. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that was like a project load sort of spin off, right? So I think
1: like it was, but it was like, was that Mike? That was Micah Nine. Wait, Mike is Micah and and Nine, and Nine in the A team, or is the A team is just no, abstract and no, AC? That,
2: it's just abstract and AC. Oh, okay. H- 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 okay. Hence the
1: A's. Hence the A's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm slow, folks. Uh, <laughs> I should know this. This is my coast. So that was our our West Coast uh contingent. Not a lot of West Coast collabs mentioned and i don't know if that's because maybe we don't have a lot i'll have to right
2: i think i think we do i think we just don't have big monumental ones like the east did because they're you know 20 years ahead or whatnot but um no i think we have i mean especially in the backpack era there's so much fucking so much that's true so much double dipping going on all over you know
1: that's true um let's see uh, shout out to everybody that like recommends their homie for these categories. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to read that, but that's kind of dope that like, I, I want to have people that ride for me like this. Totally. Um, let's go with at Flint lock. Um, I have to go with handsome boy modeling school. Okay. The album works. Dan, the automator and Prince Paul are just way too good together. Special members, special mentions to grave Digger is six feet deep. First, Dave, do we consider is Grave a collab or is it a group? I think after
2: reading reading stuff with RZA, and I think uh, after us speaking to Prince Paul, I think it's 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 better described as them being a group,
1: as they might. Have, as
2: a yeah, yeah. Uh, for for a couple of reasons. One, they consider themselves a group, and two, you know, even though. Subsequent albums didn't have certain Numbers and stuff they had subsequent albums As the game yeah, as a group you know uh, yeah. yeah
1: As a group that's that's true and it, it wasn't Quite the same way that uh handsome Boy was which we which we've talked About quite a bit but I will Call out here that this is One of the only collab Albums mentioned That doesn't that isn't About rappers It's mm. two producers which we Don't get that a lot Right I, uh, right in a history of collabs so um we're we're obviously uh big fans of, of both artists um uh all right here's something newer get something newer for the kids the zeitgeist that uh that king most was talking about um or maybe an older zeitgeist no worries um which is anderson Pock and knowledge oh that's right
2: you know i never even
1: really peeped that did you um, I did a little bit. I think that okay. was like my—I don't want to say it's my introduction to to Anderson Puck, but it's kind of like when I was like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. This there, there's something to that. Um, uh, Steve Barol says bandana. Okay, bandana, yeah. bandana or pinata? You got to pick one. Which one are you going with? Oof I might go. I might go with bandana. You gonna go? With I bandana. might
2: go with bandana. I mean, if I sat down and just audited both albums back to you know track by track i think i might go with bandana but uh don't hold me to that that might change in like 30 minutes um what about you uh
1: uh, i'm gonna go with bandana i I think i think it's a i think it's a superior um it's a superior record you know what i'm noticing here this is not a tweet but it's an interesting lack of a tweet is that um i feel like alchemist should have come up more. I know I think I think the reason that he
2: didn't was just sort of because um, he's a no-brainer you know what I mean yeah, it's always this, alchemist yeah. alchemist plus, plus whatever right I mean yeah I, I, So I mean th- I think
1: he's he's kind of uh one of the masters of this and uh you know we're still uh in the afterglow of Haram as well as uh, his new record um this thing of ours but who- I just feel like alchemist does him, but then can also set up a variety of other rappers. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, pretty crazy. A couple folks mentioned um, Albert Einstein P, which is a uh, Prodigy and the Alchemist right. uh, project. So uh, shout out to everybody that participated in our question of the week. As you know, we are on Twitter at DadBodRapPod. We are also on Instagram at DadBodRapPod rap pod we encourage you to interact with us engage share your takes we are also slanging mugs for the time being we got a small quantity of mugs left so you can uh you know link in the bio check us out um and you know we're doing we're doing podcasting this was episode 174 every week for like 3 years i feel like we should get probation at some point <laughs> not yet though we still going to keep doing it every week New episode, you know what it is, Dad Bod, Rat Pod.
0: a question for you real quick yeah you guys are uh from san jose right correct Mm -hmm. are you guys familiar with mc twist oh yeah
1: of course of course that's that's our that's year zero yeah uh, nate grab the (laughs) record please oh please get the record yeah yeah yeah, yeah. get the record so did you ever perform with mc twist no 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 okay okay i was like do your timelines overlap
0: (laughs) 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 oh oh, i was a big fan of the record uh mary mack and um
2: yeah, there uh, it is. Applause. There we go. Yeah, that,
0: yeah and I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wondered, you know, I spent a lot of time with that album, the uh, coming through like Warriors, I think it was called. And um, oh shit, yeah, they, you know, they cut the uh, Do You Know the Way? Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. All that, you know, there's so many dope moments in that, and I just kind of, I was wondering if you guys oh, had my what, God. what what his his.
1: what he meant to you guys well i i and i want i'm going to jump in front of nate here real quick but um (laughs) i think uh mc twist for us was proof of concept that you could be from san jose and like rap and have a record which which for us you know we are in the shadow of oakland and san francisco right um was a big deal in the 80s so that was um yeah that was definitely a big deal but i don't have all the records nate does so, Nate, you're a little okay. bit younger than me What did, what did am, MC Twist represent MC Twist to you? is more
5: of like a, a a digging beacon for me Like I always check the M right. section of every record store, right? Like I always want, I want all of his records I'm a completist about a couple yeah. of people One of them is MC Twist And so there's two MC Twist eras There's the, he's on Lethal Beat Which was a yeah. San Jose label And then he was on yeah. Luke, right? Mm-hmm. So he kind of yeah. went in the Miami based direction I'm really interested in the Lethal Beat era When he looked like Eazy-E oh Oh, yeah um, you know he kind of like had the Mm -hmm. that kind of iconography and actually this record is actually super interesting he um did like undercover work and like uncovered like kkk happenings in san jose and plays what What? these recordings that they had of like secret party lines of like their racist meetups and stuff like i'm gonna write something about this someday like this is like a very interesting chapter in the mc twist saga this is i want to say 87 but let me check wow uh 90 and it's uh it's called 1900 900 kkk and like you, wow. you just don't think of him as like a political rapper no i don't but like don't. he did take the time to like do this whole and you guys can kind of see with the the stuff on the mm-hmm. it's like a you know a That's drawing crazy. of like KKK stuff in San Jose. I'm super interested in him. It's a dream to interview him. Yeah. Damone, supposedly cousin, used to lift weights with him. I don't know if yes. you said that while <laughs> yes. you were off, uh, like, off.
1: This has not paid dividends for us finding him Not yet. But my cousin Shannon used to lift weights with him in the 80s.
5: He has a super common curls. name, but every once in a while I'll put like Michael Brown into Facebook and spend some time going through looking for the Jerry no Curl. Shit. Trying to see if I can find him. <laughs>
2: Oh man! Listen, this is—I
0: uh, can't believe that I brought MC Twist up.
5: Yeah, I well, always yeah, up every it. interview if Damone would let me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But you just pulled out two
0: pieces of vinyl, two pieces of MC M- M- twist vinyl seconds after I brought that up. That blows my mind.
5: <laughs> he's our he's our hometown hero, him and Peanut yeah. Butter Wolf. This is right. kind of what yeah. we're left yeah. with yeah, in, I was gonna, in terms I was of people say, who put Wolf. out a lot of records, you know. <gasps> exactly. I don't think we have
1: we we have a Mount Rushmore. We, we yeah. don't have four, yeah. but we barely <laughs> have four. I was gonna say
2: charisma is the only other one that's
1: yeah. that's what
0: I was gonna say. Yeah. 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 I, um
5: I, fi- I thought Charisma was, was from San Jose, too. But. He's a free mom, but kind of. we, we, we can't split hairs, right? I'm sure some yeah, of you guys are actually area. from Roxbury or whatever, but you could say Boston. So, yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah. go off the MC Twist records. Pretty rare yeah. occasion. <laughs> funny, hey, shout man.
1: out to you, Esoteric, for for bringing the podcast to the podcast. Right. <laughs> hey, right,
0: Hey, I'm telling you, that tape, I bought that tape back in the day. Spent spent a long time, maybe, maybe a whole summer. I know that record backwards and forwards. <laughs> yeah. I know. And uh, I didn't, even, I wasn't even going to ask you guys. Yeah, I was like, no, you know that's what?
5: awesome, man. Fuck um, it, I'll ask. That Cold Chillin' in San Jose song, We Dave and I right. used to have a party called Cold Chillin' and we would always play that song. And when he says, uh, when he's like going to the mall in the beginning thing, that's the mall I grew up going to, Eastridge oh, Mall. No. So like, yeah, just a lot of like, you know, he describes what it's like to live in our town. It's kind of boring, slightly yeah. dangerous. <laughs> it's like he yeah. really <laughs> captures something about the essence of San Jose. And then to get famous, he left. He left. As as,
1: as all as all must do, Um, right, man. (laughs) Thank you so much for that question, man. Uh, We (laughs) we just really appreciate you coming on. It's been dope. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys having
0: me, man.
4: Thank you very much. Thank you, man. All right. Take care. All right. right. Peace. Okay. Peace. Peace.